Hello and welcome to the That's Why They Were Quality podcast. This is part three of the 50 Greatest Rappers, a list compiled by Paddy Stanton. What's going on, Paddy Stanton? I'm on point, Geezer. Are you on point? All the time, Geezer. All the time. All the time. So, yeah, I'm enjoying this at the moment. Obviously, we've discussed the uh, the previous two parts. We went from 50 to 41 and from 30, sorry, from 40 to 31. My maths was a bit shit there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what do you think so far of the list? Um, do you do you agree? Do you have any disagreements at all? Though? I'm I'm enjoying the list. It's, it's very very good. I agree with the uh, with the list all, all so far. I mean, the last time we talked, I think Method Man was thirty, wasn't he? Was he, he was thirty one? Was he thirty one? I put him yeah. Yeah, that that's the only one so far that I've not like really agreed on. And there's been a few geezers I, ha- I haven't known much about, like your Cool G rap. Or the geezer from um, the Bumby from UGK, but yeah. um, but apart, but but yeah, there's geezers I need to listen to a bit more of really. But, that's the but, thing. I think that's the good takeaway from it as well. So there'll probably be people on here that you don't know about, mm. as as I'm sure there would be with your list or other people's list. You know that that's what that's what's so good. I I like about compiling greatest lists. Like I know a lot of people, they're not really like artists say themselves, don't they? They're like, oh, you know, I, I don't get why you review stuff or why like you make lists. But I, I just think it's fun personally. But I think that's the main takeaway from this will be uh, just just getting onto artists you've never really listened to before, and that's what I'm hoping to do with it as well. Exactly. Yeah, it's always good to like learn about new artists, and yeah. um, hopefully, yeah, we we can we can introduce some new ones to you guys. Exactly. Expand that knowledge, isn't it, Lou? Expand that exactly. little pea, pea, expand that pea brain. Exactly. Expand that old that old knowledge, and uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll just jump back into it. Um, yeah. So I'll just do a little quick rundown. Um, hopefully you listen to the other two parts. If not, might as well just run it down dead quick. So I had 50 uh, was Pushy T. 49 was ODB. 48, Sean Price. 47 was MCA from the Beastie Boys. 46, Buster Rhymes. 45, Inspector Deck. 44, Kanye West. 43, Snoop Dogg. 42, ASAP Brock. Um, 41, Royce the 5-9. Number 40 was Bun B. 39, J. Cole. 38, Common. 37, Cool G Rap. 36, Fife Dog. 35, Danny Brown. 34, Raekwon. 33, Lupe Fiasco. 32, Killer Mike. And your favourite, of course, was 31 in Method Man. Yeah, there we go. Starting off from 30 then now. So... About 30, so this is, we're getting down to like the, the nitty gritty, I suppose, is where it's just like, it's it's any man for himself, I guess, so I think with a lot of these, you must be like, oh, he should be higher, or he should be lower, but, so with 30, I've gone with Slick Rick. Oof, good choice, Gazy. Yeah, so I mean, what, what more to say about Slick Rick, really, I mean, he's the guy that probably, he's the pioneer of the storytelling aspect of rap, I, I would say, do you agree with that? Oh, definitely, I mean, they, they don't call him the ruler for, for nothing i mean he he is what every rapper should be measured by mm, yeah so it was a time period really where like rap was still kind of coming into its own a, a bit wasn't it um you obviously had the likes of nwa and ice t and they, they were talking about what happened on the streets and they were bringing their you know what what they're going through basically what 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 it's like to be um, a black male police brutality and that sort of thing 
But then with Slick Rick, he sort of he um, he came from he took it from a different aspect. So a lot of his was about was about girls essentially, and it was about storytelling, about falling in love, about fucking prostitutes. About um, I think he was he was quite an educator in a way with his, with with the way he looked at rap. So he looked at it in terms of um, just just telling us a story as, as as eloquently as possible. And the fact that he was from the UK as well. I mean, he's the first real British rapper to, to make it. I mean, do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, he's one of them where, because um, of the way he raps, you wouldn't even... Well, I suppose, did he try and hide his British accent, would you say? I swear he did, because like, if I didn't research it, I, I wouldn't think that either. So I kind of agree. I mean, I know it was like a British Jamaican family. Um. But I think it's because he, he emigrated to the US in like the seventies, I think, because I think he went to school there. So it's one of them, and he, he either lost the accents or he just he just pretended that he did. It's one of them where he did, he wasn't really trying to sound like American. Mm. He sort of had his own. There was it was it sounded, there was bits of British in there. Mm. It was a weird one the way he raps the, the the voice he used. Yeah, it's kind of what I liked the bar. He was dead unique. He was like an enigma in a way, um, you know, very charismatic, very charismatic on the mic, especially like as, as a persona, he was charismatic. He was slippery. He had an eye patch that was obviously because he um, bit a broken glass, got into his right eye as an influence. So he was blinded. Yeah. So that's why he's worth the eye patch because of that, because it happened when he was a kid. Did you just think it was a gimmick? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Slip Rick and Paul Birchall as a tag team. <laughs> did you ever see Paul Birchall's gimmick? I did. Was it was he was a pirate, but wasn't he gonna have like an incest angle? I believe so, yeah. Because with um Katie Katie Lee Birchall, who did she yeah, she wrestled in TNA as, as someone else. The name the name is gone, but but yeah, um so when did you first I know you're a big slick rick fan, aren't you? When did you first get onto him? What what's your any standout songs that that sort of made you love him or yeah i mean i think the first time i, I can't remember when it was the first time i got onto paul birchall but the first time i got on slit rick must have been um yeah i mean growing up it's all children's stories one of them where you just you just you just hear there's no way not to hear that song yeah but it, it was probably when like um some of the late night library sessions, I would just like be, you know, spend a few, a few time checking out some of his other songs, like um, like teenage love and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and you got me onto some of his songs as well, and um, I don't know, just just bits here and there, really. I never really had a phase where I was like really like big into him. After mm-hmm. sort of time goes on, I'll hear something here, hear something there. Yeah, I mean, he's one of them as well. He's just sort of um, he's. He's in the hip hop culture. Whether you you have went back and listened to him in a way, so like you'll you'll know of Slick Rick. I think a lot. Of, I think most people that knows hip hop know Slick Rick. Mm. You know he's sampled so much. So apparently he's been sampled over six hundred times. Though the likes of like just everyone, Eminem's, you know Eminem's. He's just a massive influence on so many rappers and artists, and he's been sampled so much, and his his way of um his way of basically treating a song like it's a book. So that's, that's what I found with, found with Slick Rick. It was like, he was like an author and he treated it like a book and he was putting the, that book into words. And and with his first album, The Great Adventures, 
of Slick Rick. Uh, that's what he did with that album. It's it's almost like a like a very um, it's a very s- uh, censored um, children's book in a way. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't trust my child to listen to it, obviously, because the first song on there is "Treated Like a Prostitute." But you get what I mean? No, it's just like the whole like the the storytelling vibe of it. He uh, he pioneered that, so it would be you'd have to include him on the list, whether you've listened to him or not. I think. Yeah, definitely. He was he was probably one of the greatest um, storytelling rappers that there is. And um, as you saying about like um, all the rappers actually like sampling him, I probably like the first thing I would have like heard like, that that was a reference to him, which I didn't even know was um. What was the on the beat and hypnotize? Where he's um, biggie, biggie, biggie. Can't you see? Sometimes mm. the words just hypnotize me, which obviously comes from um, Lardy Dardy by Slick Rick. And, yeah, uh, that was probably a first thing. It was um, they, like they call them ad libs, don't they? So like the ad libs and just like the little nuances and like s- just sonic little details. He he was the pioneer of that into rap, so he he brought all that. And there's like a fun aspect to it as well. I think there was um. It just made it a lot more entertaining. Like there was just like a narrative and the children's story. There was just like a, a narrative too, and like there was a structure to that album that were like had never really been been heard of before. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And obviously, I know I don't know if you know what happened to him. So he was massive. He released that album in like '88, wasn't it? And then yeah. he ended up going to prison, I believe. Yeah, I, know, I knew he went to prison, but I never knew why. Was it like was it a robbery or something to do with taxes? Yeah, so it was it was on gun charges. Oh shit! Um, yeah, so apparently I think he he, he basically fired at someone in a in a robbery. Um, the actual the um the, the fellow that so I think he shot he shot someone basically. The fellow he nearly died. So I think what happened is he got incarcerated and over um second degree murder. So it was um it was on murder charges. So because of that he was he was in prison for like the next five years and. I think he got didn't he, he got sent home as well didn't he so we got um, the immigration services I think he got sent back to the to the UK and then well eventually he got released from prison and he was able to I think he was able he recorded an album in, while he was in prison as well and obviously it was called behind bars because you know that that's as original as it gets mm. <laughs> but yeah I really liked this album when he got released from prison have you listened to the art of storytelling? I've not listened to that. No, I, I, I might have. Is um, no, I've not heard that actually. No, yeah. I, I, is that worth checking out? That one. So for me, I've got two two the albums I'd listen to by Slit Ricker, the first one. Yeah, that's good. So the other albums in between aren't that strong, to be honest. But with the art of storytelling, you've got um, there's a Q-tip skit on there. There's a song with Raekwon. There's a Redman feature, big, mm-hmm. um, and there's a song called Me and Naz Bring It to Your Hardest. Obviously, do you think Naz was featured on that? Yeah, <laughs> I think and I think he sent me that song actually. I've heard that one. Yeah, and then my favourite song on there is Unified. That's with Snoop Dogg. And do you remember when we talked about it, Snoop Dogg earlier on in the list? I said like that yeah. was cool. But then he got they'd actually go on to do a song together, and that's a tune. So give that a listen. I think they've done one or two together, haven't they? Because I think they did like a remake of Lardy Dardy or something like that, or maybe Snoop Dogg did a cover yeah. version. But um. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You've done a few. So he's had like a proper interesting career. Like everyone, he's got such like a soft sort of voice and his flow. It's it's quite uh, it's like melodic in a way, and it's very um, it's very soft. Like I don't know, like I find a lot of the '80s rappers, the the voices and the flow, they they were quite soft. 
Like there wasn't like say you know like a DMX with like a growly sort of grouchy uh, diction and tone to it. That wouldn't come until the nineties. Like a lot of it was was still smooth. And Slick Rick was well, he was he was called Slick Rick for a reason. Do you think Ric Flair got Slick Rick from from Slick Rick? <laughs> I'd love it if he did, but I think Slick Rick was be. Um, I think Ric Flair was probably saying that back in the eighties. I'd imagine before like Slick Rick was out. I'd say. That's what, that's what I think. So who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Slick Rick is a wrestling fan confirmed. And he's, he loves Ric Flair. I hope so. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you were saying that that um, Ric Flair got it from Slick Rick. No, no, that's I did. But oh, right, yeah. Like you said, uh, it was. Yeah, I imagine he was a wrestling fan. Like I imagine, uh, imagine he was. And about um, Slick Rick as well. That song "Teenage Love." That's probably got to be like. Would you say that's one of the first times there's there was like a. A proper emotional rap song, like in the mainstream. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, exactly. It's like to to he elicited like like a different kind of emotion, I'd say, because mm-hmm. like you had your you had your your fun songs, you had your your party songs, and then you had your street songs. But uh, yeah, the, as I say, there wasn't much in in terms of like emotional, like sad songs. So um, yeah, he sort of hit all cylinders. I think Slick Rick, he was able to. He's able to do a bit of everything with us um, emotionally, I think. Definitely, yeah. And also that song um, you've done with Outcast as well. Mm. Uh, what was that song called again? It was called... Um, uh, oh, let, me, let me get it. Slick Rick and Outcast. That was a tune as well. Yeah, it's called Street Street Talking. Street Talking, that's the one. Bang, yeah. bang, rubbish tune yeah, that's from um, that's from the art storytelling. So the the album in ninety nine, it was it's a bit different. It's a bit um, it's a bit more of that sort of like late nineties vibe to it, like the street vibe to it. That album, mm. it's probably my favorite album by us. So two my I have two song recommendations for me: Street Talking with Outcast and Unify with Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to check check those out, geezer. If I had to yeah. recommend one, it would be it would be a uh, yeah, Street Talking. Or um, did you say street talking just now? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, it'd probably be that, yeah. Or it'd have to be teenage love, I'd say, if we're making a song recommendation. And af- and apparently, as of 2016, mm. he's officially a U.S. citizen. Really? So there'll be no getting sent home anymore. Yeah, skazer. Uh, who? I mean, why anyone would want to do that? I don't don't know. Only joking. I know you have a lot of American listeners. It's it's a joke. Yeah. I love the I love you, Yanks. Yeah, I mean, if any any Americans want to sponsor us, and uh, <laughs> just the nation of America. American, it doesn't matter what you do, just if you are American, to do it. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, just with Slip Rip, extremely influential. Uh, cool. He brought cool to rap. I think he brought a cadence, and it's just um. And it just he was he was a lyricist as well, like the, the like I said, by the way he's told the story, he was an extremely gifted lyricist. And without Slick Rick and his rapping style, I don't think rap would have evolved in the way that it did. There's a few people on this list from the eighties that 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 fit into that category, and he's one of them. So with that, without Slick Rick, the wouldn't hip hop wouldn't have evolved into the way it has. So if you've never listened to him, you should go out and do it. Definitely, definitely. So, uh, at number twenty-nine, I have 
big pun. A big punisher. That is a good, good shout. Yep. R.I.P. Rest in peace. Now, if you don't know Big Pun, he's the he's the guy that's ex- extremely obese guy that can rap like a like a motherfucker. That isn't Fat Joe. <laughs> that isn't Fat Joe. Although Fat Joe is his boy. Yeah, he is. They, they did that song. They did that song. Um, what's the song that samples Dr. Dre? The um, ah oh, shit, what's it called? Uh, twins. Uh, oh, you've got Stone on a player, you've got Twins undercover, Deep Cover 98. Deep Cover 98, that is a banging song. That one, yeah. fucking Big Pun goes, but both of them go off on that, but the flow he, on, he has on that song is unbelievable. Well, that's the thing, that's what they're, they're most he's most known for, I'd say, is that song. And, well, uh, he, he only got to release the one album before he was, he was a bit like Big L, who we'll, we'll speak about further on, but uh, uh, he, he only got to release one album while he was alive. So, it, so he actually did a, a freestyle with um, Big L. Like, there's this like footage of him around the table with a few other people, and yeah, Big Pun and Big L trading bars. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that one as well. Have you ever seen that one? There's like a video of like the sat around the table at like a bar or some shit, and like Mod's Def is in there, and DMX, and like okay. cannabis. That might be the one I was thinking of. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that is insane. It's yeah. I think that's that was where they came from. So in in the nineties, it was the that was the underground hip hop scene in the Bronx, apparently. Mm. So that's where they came up. So they were all sorts of close, but yeah, with Big Pun, just is incredible flow. Like I I don't know what it was. It's like I know he was he was extremely overweight. He's a, he was a big boy. El Generico yeah. was a big boy. But uh, I don't know. Like it's like for some reason him being overweight made him. It was like it was a superpower of him rapping in a way. I know that's a very strange thing to say. But he is like his his breath control and the way he was gasping for breath. That that sort of influenced his flow and made like his alliteration and his his syllable rhyming and that that, that that's what like him being overweight somehow impacted that and made him a better rapper. Weirdly. Definitely, yeah. So I know I already thought of it that way, and it also gave him gave him a gimmick as well, obviously. Mm. Well, he they... was like the first Latino rapper as well, wasn't he? Really, like really big one to to go pop to pop because I think his one and only album, Capital Punishment, it, it did go platinum. Mm. Um. So yeah, he's just he was incredible. Lyricist, his flow was great. Um. He was a bit. He was. He was. Kind of, I always compare him to Big L, not just because of the whole the whole like them dying like early on but it was just a case of untapped potential he would have been a lot bigger than he was had he lived on um and when it, yeah apparently uh, the capital punishments like, they get nominated for a best rap album at the, the grammys as well and it lost to jay-z unfortunately fucking jay-z who the fuck's that no he's all right jay-z but oh. he's all right he's all right right but talk, talking about like famous Latin rappers, the geezer from Beat Nuts as well. He was Colombian, so ah. another Latin rapper there. The one, the, the, there's two Colombian rappers I know. It's him and you. Oh, that that'll be a collaboration right there. And uh, let's be honest, he hasn't got the classic that is Plunkers. Ah, uh, that's true. That is true. Unless he's listening, then uh, then you know, I'll I'll. Uh, I'll agree with what he says. But, 
which which one was it it was clump i don't think any of them have died so yeah that's good mm. yeah it's quite heavy he died at 28 just because he was he uh, he'd actually apparently his peak weight at the time of his death was 698 pounds so even he puts the big yokozuna to shame but talking of yokozuna he he actually big pun he um we've got to remember he he um he uh performed on the wrestlemania rage party for wrestlemania 15 as well among his many accomplishments really yeah he did yeah they did this wrestlemania rage party um which was, I think it was like this broadcast they did, like a one-hour broadcast. It might have been the day before WrestleMania 15. And um, Isaac Hayes was on it. Uh, Big Pun was on it. And I can't remember who else was on it. To run the mix. Yeah, apparently it was a very random and uh, not well-received re- or remembered show. But, <laughs> but yeah, so... Not the wrestling Why connect- don't you do shit like that anymore? Right, uh, uh, yeah... That's true. WWF New York, they did have bands on, so maybe, maybe, and that didn't that didn't go down too well. As there ever, there hasn't been many good live performances in wrestling, though. Let's be honest. And yeah. I, I think a, a rapper in in a live wrestling performance is just the it's just the, it's never going to work. I think fucking Flo Rida did a did a performance that was horrendous. Yeah, P P Diddy came the closest, like, but I don't know. Apart from uh, Benjamin's the rest of the, the set list is a bit shit. I did quite enjoy watching MGK get power bomb by Kevin Owens fairly recently though. Oh right. I I don't <laughs> think I Oh shit, yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. I, I thought he was shit though when he was performing. Mm-hmm. Before that. It's, it's just like there's, there's never been uh, that many. I think Motorhead were pretty good one year. Mm. John, John Cena actually, when he performed on Raw he was actually sick. That was quality. Do you think John Cena should be on this list? I reckon he could be on this list. I reckon so. He's got one and only classic to his name. So. Two classic, uh, three classics. I'm considering both of the entrance things classic. Mm, that's true. Can't deny that. But Bad Bad Man will forever be one of the, the greatest hip-hop tunes ever made. It is. It's a banger of a song. Banger of a song. Him and Big Pun would have had a great hit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. with Big Pun, he's probably most famous for I'm not a player. Mm-hmm. And it goes, it's like, I'm not a player, I just fuck a lot. Yeah. Tune. Uh, it's hard to really, yeah, like, for just a short amount of time, he had a good impact and influence for Latinos. So they probably see him, right, here's someone, and even overweight people, like fat people. Before that, I mean, I know there was Biggie as well, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I think looking both of them, that you know, there's probably fat people out there. It's like, yes, I can make it in, in show business, regardless of how fat I am. But um, yeah. and Latinos as well. Latinos. When was there wasn't a Latino rapper before that, so they probably looked a big pun and was like, okay, I can do it. And now that Latino Despacito music, I don't even know. Is it dance hall? I, I can't stand. That's in the charts. Oh, that's the big. Uh, what is it? Reggaeton. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Without big pun, that that might not be a that wouldn't have been a thing in the in the mainstream US charts right now. Even though I can't stand it. True, I, I think you also had Chino XL as well. He was Puerto Rican, but I don't I don't imagine he was that big of a name. Yeah, he was around the same time as well, weren't he? Yeah, so, so yeah, but, but definitely very rare to have a, a Latin rapper like you know, be especially that skilled and talented. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was just a lyrical machine. It like him and Big L were sort of they were they were on par with the terms of like how how sharp they were, like the flow. Um, like you said, you you said with one um with twins. That's a great tune. I feature that uh, that is a samples Dr. Dre. There's a there's a tune on here as well. I remember with Black Thought. Yeah, it's called Super Lyrical. And as you can imagine, it's just um, if you are into your lyrical miracle style hip hop, where it's just lyrics bashing your head left, right, and center, and you're like you're like me, where you like when you finally catch on to one and your light bulb goes off and you're and you're like, oh shit, what a, that was hard. Then definitely listen to that tune. But I'd just say listen to this entire album. I know it's hard to to put someone on a list with one album, but there's only two people probably on this list with one album, Oof. and the, both of their albums are so strong. They are that good that they deserve to be and unfortunately like he died but i just think with with big pun as well it's same with big l if he was go on to to live longer he would have been one of the greats to do it there would be no jay-z i don't know if there would be no jay-z but well, he I, would don't have, that, but... <laughs> no, I don't know about that but the, no he, yeah he would he would have been would have been um i i, I agree with that definitely uh, apparently he actually did he did a song with chino xo as well actually big pun so mm. it's called a. So, uh, Show them love to the Latin community. Exactly, it's called um re re can uh, re reconstruction, which I think is a pun on like uh, Puerto Rico. So it's good actually because he, with someone who's got the name Big Pun, he was actually quite good at doing puns. So yes. do you think do you think puns were a thing that back then? I think so. I think he he he, he could have been pioneering the puns in hip hop. <laughs> it's weird to think that in it in the late 90s was was puns a thing but you think big pun because apparently big pun stood for big punisher but do you believe you don't believe that do you you believe it stood for a pun a joke exploiting the different possible meanings of a word or the fact that there are words which sound alike which have different meanings and no i didn't just pull that up on google well the thing is big pun itself is actually a pun the name because he's big and punish it and the big pun to part so yeah he's actually actually an old pun in itself shit i never thought of that yeah 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 my mind's been blown there are you uh, are you a big are you a fan of puns oh i love a good pun i love a good pun you love yeah. a good pun in your what's, what's that <laughs> you love a good pun son i do gazer pun for your mum while drinking some rum. Drinking some of rum business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'll move on. So it's uh, oof, it's getting heated now. So at number 28, I've got Be Real. Oh, from the old, the old uh, Cypress Hill geezers? Yes, yeah, so I've got Be Real from Cypress Hill. The, uh, what did you, what, what do you think you said one on the, on the last part? Were they called the nasal tongues? Yeah, let me find out about it. There was, there was apparently, I don't know if this was a joke, but apparently um, one of them, it was Be Real, um, a geezer from Beastie, uh, Beastie Boys. Um, they they joked about making a group called um, the Nasal Tongues. Apparently, yeah, apparently um, uh, Be Real, Q-Tip, and Adam uh, Hor- Horowitz from Beastie Boys. Um, yeah, they joked. What's that, sir? Yeah, Adrock. Adrock. Yeah, they they were gonna make, gonna make a group called the Nasal Tongues. 
that is imagine that that would, that's just such a random a bit of a random mix i i, I could see I could, i'd like it i'm sure they pull it off it's quite I random could, i could see I, i'd like them just to do it just for the pun just for the album cover yeah defo so yeah with be real i mean it's it's cypress hill you never i love cypress hill i don't know about you lou oh yeah cypress hill are decent very good mm, absolutely just the pioneer and rap group from the early 90s um from Cali, everyone knows massive weed smokers. They um, are advocates for you know recreational use of, of weed in the US, and he's he's been pretty successful to be honest. I don't know whether he's more known for smoking a joint than he is rapping. Or, um, Probably go hand in hand at this point. True, at least he's talented in, in in two fields. That's that's more than I can say for myself. Well, no, no, you never know, mate. When when your debut album comes out, be easy. Mm, I'll have to light light a fat one. Yeah, but also talking about Cypress Hill, another example of um, successful Latin rappers as well. There we go. Look, look, the multiculturalness of of our podcast is coming out. Exactly. Exactly. And for all those who thought thought we were racist, we're not because we're proving it. We thought we were racist. <laughs> you fucking racist. Racist. No, of course not. We're um, as as you can see with this list um. You know, it, it's proven as well that, like, hip-hop this time was, was starting to expand as well, wasn't it? It wasn't just, um, probably just wasn't the, you know, standard black person from the hood. Like, it was probably tra- starting to branch out a bit. And I feel like Cypress Hill, they had so much crossover that it didn't surprise me. So they they, they, be- they eventually became, you know, rock as well. So they, they've dipped their toes into rock. Be Real has also been in Profit to Rage. Which is a rap rock group with um, members from Rage Against the Machine, Tom um, Tom Morrell, and um, also Chuck D as well. Mm. So it's it's mad to think that like some of those uh, early the early nineties, late eighties, like Ice T and B Real and Chuck D, they uh, the, I like the crossover, like they because the, their sort of style of music and their their lyrical content, especially um, especially Public Enemy, it's sort of it is also rock as well at the same time. So I like when I like when rappers branch out and they're not just stuck in the you know the hip hop bubble. And uh, Be Real was one of those people. Definitely. And apparently, Cypress Hill also had um, teamed up with Pearl Jam for a soundtrack album, Judgment Night. So again, like um, going into the rock world again. Yeah, two of my favorite bands as well. Yeah. So with, with Be Real, he's known for this nasally his nasal voice but he didn't always actually have the nasal tone so uh he was on joe rogan's podcast go figure fairly yeah. so if you were uh, if you've never seen it go and watch it it's pretty it's one of the, one of my favorites actually where he talks about when he was first starting up in cypress hill um he actually wasn't sort of the the most i guess the the most known one like you know the, the person who they thought would be have the most potential I think um, it was Send Dog because he he'd found his voice and I guess would be real before that like he, he, he when he was first starting out he, he he didn't really he couldn't really find his voice and he was just he was rapping in his in his actual voice so what he did is uh, he was rapping he was rapping in like a low tone apparently but he got these coaching lessons off his, off this singer I can't I can't remember the name of the singer to be honest but she apparently she's like a coach that's worked with like a lot of famous singers and that's helped them out. So she was like, no, no, you should do it in this way. You need to go high. You need to do it through the nose. 
So because of that, that was probably the best piece of advice you ever got because with Be Real, he's just got one of the best best standout voices in hip-hop history, I think. I didn't know that. It's very interesting, actually, yeah. Yeah, so if you watch that podcast, it, it tells you the name, name of the woman. I know you, your little musical musical encyclopedia, that's definitely something that's uh, interesting you, perked you up. Oh, it's got me hard. It's perked up a few things in <laughs> my on my body. It's made time. <laughs> Jesus. Supposed yeah. to be PG. This was never going to be PG. We <laughs> talked a lot about anal intercourse. <laughs> the very first one. To be honest, this is probably the longest we've gone on the podcast for a while without saying if I would. That's that's true. So let's just get to it. If I, if you would be real, um, be real a, with it. Let me have a look talking at what you're about. Big puns. What's that, sorry? Talking of big puns. Hey, hey. Jesus. I thought it was supposed to be a stand-up, mate. That was slow. Uh, be real. I would not, actually. No. 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 I don't know. You know, have you, have you seen an early Be Real with the little Jufro? Let's have a look. 90. <laughs> yeah, he had the little af- afro. Um... I think he looks worse, even. <laughs> I've got a mate who... Uh, um, I won't say his name, obviously, on the air, but... He's got a little afro, like, like be real. So uh, me and me mates call him be real because he looks exactly like him. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, he pulls it off, but no, nah, it's not not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Not your <laughs> cup of soup. If I was, if I was. If you was, you wouldn't, by the sound of it. If I was, I would not. I would not. I would. I would not. I would not even go second base. Not even Jesus. Yeah, really got him for him then, haven't you? Or definitely haven't got him for him. He's he's not going to get have it in for me. That's that's for sure. But uh, he also Cypress Hill released a um released a wrestling song for uh, for the old Taz. An entrance ah. thing for the old Taz as well. It, was that on aggression? I think it was a bit after it. I think it was two thousand and three. I think so. Mm. It was, um, and right, just a bit after, I believe. Yeah. So I mean, what more do we say? So with Cypress Hill, I mean, come on. With Insane in the Brain, I mean, even just how massive that tune still is today, how big of a song you still hear it in this, you know, all the time. It's just got such significance that a hit like that, the fact that he was. Um, but the thing with them, they weren't just one-hit wonders. Like I know a lot of people might not, just, a lot of hip-hop fans, or sorry, non-hip-hop fans will only know for that song but Cypress Hill have got such a deep catalogue like those first three albums are absolute classics so if you never listen to them go and listen to them so the uh, the first album was the um, the self-titled one you've got How I Could Just Kill A Man on there that's a great tune a Hand On The Pump as well Stone Is The Way Of The Walk so already back then in the this is the early 90s this is 1990 this is 91 so they're advocating weed and rap. Like before that, you you, ha- you hear a little bit about like talked about smoking weed and that, but you didn't really have an advocate of it. Like these were there at the forefront back then, advocating, to- and that was their image. So I think that's what that's what helped. Yeah, the fact that they they had that image of, of weed smokers. Like I think on the Joe Rogan podcast, he said he he is fit. So uh, <laughs> it's 
probably a reason he can handle the, the amount he smokes now. Definitely, and, and these geezers have smoked up with the Undertaker. They've smoked up with the Dead Men. Mm-hmm. They have. They've. I, did, I'm sure they said. Uh, well, I think they smoked and drank. So I think because uh, they drank with Taker, they Taker had them on their ass because of that. He did. Yeah, they could handle their old their old herbs. Their cheddar. But yeah, but when it comes to the old booze, they um they didn't couldn't go the distance. Mm. Couldn't go the distance. Could you go the distance though? Would would take it? Probably. I don't think any. I I I can imagine Undertaker be able to put everyone away. Because <laughs> I, I imagine he'd be proper slow as well. I imagine he'd take his time. Like he'd just he'd like he'd have he'd be having his whiskey just to have one like ten minutes ago by and just have another one. Yeah. And I actually wouldn't say anything. I actually be silent as well. Take his time, just like his entrance. You think he just channels when he makes his entrance that kind of energy, and then just take a shot, and he's he's there for about ten minutes, just still going, putting it on. Then occasionally you choke slam someone, and you have another <laughs> shot. Mm. Yeah. Oh god, I was going to mention Boneyard. Then we'll let, let's not get into that. That's another time we've disagreed on the on the podcast. Method Man in the Boneyard match. There's Two. not many, but there's not many. No, there's not many. Hmm. But, but what yeah. about when it comes to be real? Do you think? No, yeah, be, be real. I can, yeah. Um, a, a song I love by Cypress Hill is um, uh, "Ain't Going Out Like That." And yeah, I, I like Cypress Hill. Once I'm a massive fan of theirs, so I can't profess to know much about them. But from what I have heard, they're pretty decent. Yeah, the the second album is probably the the one the one to go to. So uh, Black Sunday, the first six songs, unreal. You got like I wanna get high, I ain't going out like that. Insane in the brain, when the shit goes down, liquor shots, cock the hammer, and then you've also got hits from the bong on on this album. So the yeah, the, I mean the, they're just they're, they're just um they're amazing. Uh, I've seen them live as well, and they're probably one of the best hip hop groups I've seen live. I was surprised at how good they were, actually. Especially, uh, especially be real. And the reason I choose him from from Cypress Hill, I think he's the he's the frontman, isn't he? He's the showman. He's got a he's got a lot of charisma as well, and it and it shows in his in his rapping skills. I think. Mm. I can imagine they'd be sick. Yeah, they were really good. We were quite near the front as well, and like. Just, I, I've mentioned it before, but you know, with rappers seeing them live, you're always worried about whether the audio was going to be clear or not. Mm. Well, with these, it was like it was sick. It was re- just the, uh, the the sound, the production overall, the whole the whole stage show they gave them was class. I mean, this was only two two years ago, I think now. So they and they had so much energy even to this day. So that's just another reason I put them high up on this list. That I feel. They've got amazing catalogue, amazing back catalogue. They're still going strong to this day. They released an album recently, which was really good, Elephants on Acid. They've got their own sort of psychedelic style. They brought that to rap, the whole psychedelic aspect of it. Um, but they're also amazing live performance as well, amazing stage energy. So, yeah, and yeah, Be Real's the frontman for them. So I think, think for, for really, yeah, thoroughly deserved to be in the spot. Definitely, definitely. Mm. Right, so moving on, uh, at 27, I have KRS-One. Oof, good shout. Mm. Yeah. So, you, I mean, you're, you're quite a fan as well, aren't you? I, mean, I know you've been listening to KRS for, for quite a bit. 
Yeah, he's one of them. I've only like properly got into recently. Um, but yeah, great rapper. Um, yeah, one of the like definitely say like a, a proper conscious rapper. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the pioneers. Would you say of the old conscious rap? Defo, yeah, yeah, definitely. One of the one of the pioneers of bringing the the whole street aspect of it to it as well. Hmm. I just always remember him uh, sticking out his um, his beef. I mean, he probably had the first mass because I know rap was was it was brought up on the competitive nature. It was like a sport in a way, wasn't it? It was it was battling in the street. It was competitive, but um, his beef. He would have one of the first mainstream famous famous beefs, I'd say. Um, um, yeah, and so he came up and boogied out boogie down productions. Sound mm. of sound of the police as well. I mean, that's still a a banger that gets played to this day, June. Yeah, he, that's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty most well known one, you'd say, wouldn't you? Defo, yeah, Defo. Apparently, he's a vegan activist. Oh really? I had no idea that I didn't know there was a vegan rapper that existed. There you go. And uh, JME as well, vegan rapper. Ah, I mm. never knew that. Mm. Yeah. So what's your what is your stance on the whole vegan? I know you tried to go with well, you've tried multiple times to be a veggie, even though I've seen you eat um, chicken on nights out when you claim to be a veggie at that point. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I, I was a veggie for like a brief moment. But if if there was meat going that was free, or I was really drunk, then I'd get it down me. But which I think's all right, you know. Yeah. Where's your, where's your stance at now? Um, I don't know. It's difficult. It's like I, I was thinking about going back to it because it is a bit harsh. You get the old the old animals get done in and what have you. But. It's one of them where it's like it's, oh, it's it was so depressing when I was a fucking veggie. Like, it was it's so I was just eating corn and fucking pasta sauce every day. <laughs> yes. and, and it was just like oh, it was just it's not um if, if KRS one you know and he's he's got a, that's probably where a lot of his anger comes from just being being a <laughs> because it is a, it is miserable like what you have to eat. So it it doesn't come from the fact he was brought up on the the uh, the South Bronx ghetto streets, you know, seeing his mates getting shot, seeing his his uh, his producer is is Bezzy got gunned down. It's not it doesn't come from that. No, it comes from the fact that he's a vegan and doesn't eat meat. Have you ever tried corn? I mean, it is disgusting that kind of stuff. <laughs> I reckon that has had like a profound effect on him. <laughs> Actually, I did have some corn. Yeah, well, my, my girlfriend's uh, she's she's pescatarian, but uh, yeah, so we had some some corn yesterday. Just a little chicken bites on a burger. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. To be honest, it doesn't taste bad. It's the fact that it doesn't taste of anything. It's like it's 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 one of them where if you put some like like some sauce on it, possibly, or you you season it, like, it could be all right. Mm. I'm too lazy for all that. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I can vouch for that. I've watched your cooking. I've mm. watched this man have plain dry pasta with no sauce, with a side omelette. Yeah. Yeah. Celery sticks, raw celery sticks by the day. And and some and some old carrots. And carrots. Don't forget the carrots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
just the importance of KRS One, just the important historical figure in hip hop. He is for the culture through and through. Just by the way, he's like he's just an activist, and it's just a hip hop activist, I'd say. Um, you know, he's um, he's came he's came up from Boogie Down Productions, who are amazing. I've I've got you on their album, Criminal Minded. Yeah, That's, yeah. I think you um you went back and listened to that, didn't you? And you enjoyed it. It is a great, great album. That that song. Um, um, I'm a blunt and I can't make up. What was that? Um, give me. What was that called again? That that was. In, I mean, the whole album is incredible, but that song as well. I mean, he can do his like probably. Uh, he's insightful raps, and then he can um, he can just do something like incredibly like hilarious as well. I think mm-hmm. that was actually from his show, one of his solo albums. But talk kind of criminal minded super ho. That's a hilarious song. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, he this was 1987, so I, I really think KRS. He's one of he was the he he had to have been the pioneer of him and Ice T. I'd say, but more but more more KRS of gangster rap as a whole. Like that, this album I think spawned gangster rap in a way. You know, you know the songs Nine Millimeter Goes Bang. That's like, uh, not a lot of people from this era will probably know it, but you know it from 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying, the film. That's how I got onto KRS One. I remember watching that film as a kid, and it's 50 as a kid. He's like in the mirror, and he, this song's playing, and he's like, he's doing the gun sign to his head kind of thing. And uh, I was like, fuck, this is a tune. This. Mm. So that's how I so that's how that's how I sort of discovered KRS and that song, and then went down the the whole the rabbit hole of, of what he. What he did for rap, his impact, um, his old beef with MC Shan as well, um, just the yeah, um, just amazing. There's amazingly the, 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 he had this DJ as well, Scott LaRock was his, his producer, his partner. Like that that album is so influential. It's been sampled and paraphrased a lot, um, and he and he used from a lot of like his the 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 production of that album in particular. Um, it used a lot of samples that had never been used before in hip-hop like you know reggae and you know james brown and you know um like rock music as well because a lot of rock music was that's when rock music was first getting brought into rap and at the time it was sort of frowned upon in a way because they were like you know this, how's this gonna work this isn't gonna work but they obviously learned that it, it helped a lot and he was one of the pioneers of that as well of um opening up and, and branching out um the production aspects of rap um yeah he's just he's just done a lot for the culture and, and even to this day he's um i don't know if you've ever watched or listened to an interview by him he's extremely positive he's a uh, he's all about that pma oh definitely yeah i mean a story of his positivity is going to come up in the tribe uh podcast but I'll, I'll get to that when we when we get there um where does the name actually Karis one come from Mm, it's a good question. Do, do you think that it was a, a Wu Tang generated name or? Could be, could be. He, he, that's maybe like there was another website which Wu Tang used to generate their name. Mm. Well, I think he's uh, he's re- referred to himself as teacher as well. Mm. I mean, his name is Lawrence Chris Parker. So, and the Chris middle name is is K I is K R I S. So maybe it's something to do with his his uh, nickname. 
do, do you reckon what, what it was is you know like when you when you try and make like a, a username on a website or something and someone already has it you've got to put one at the end do you reckon right <laughs> there was already a krs and so he just put one to just <laughs> make yourself different that reminds me of my xbox live gamer tags i've had <laughs> effective 3000 that's just like that's like your password and don't fucking tell me you just don't all do it you try just the, the one that's the name you know and it's taken or usernames are taken so you add the one we, we've all been there yeah, and, and you end up at that the one they give you is like some random like three seven nine five or something yeah apparently so he was a graffiti artist and um that's, he started off with the alias Knowledge Reigns Supreme over nearly everyone. Yeah. I was about to say, that's something people forget about hip hop. His, um, his hip hop, of course, encapsulates more than just the actual rapping. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's the graffiti, the dancing, the, yeah, the actual the, the clothing as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, four, it's made up of four. Four aspects of hip hop. It's not just uh, MCing. MCing is one of the aspects, and and um, back then that that was a bit more prevalent. Like hip hop just known as a music genre now as well as a nip. But mm. back then um, it encapsulated all four of the, all four of those things. And, and KRS was came from that ilk. He was a he was a crazy artist first, and then he he became an MC just through be just through battle rapping in the streets, just how it was brought up in in New York, and and he just happened to be. Um, to be really good at it and uh, yeah he's, he's got a lot of good solo albums as well he's got return of the boom bap so recommend that that was his first solo release after scott larock was it uh, was gunned down um and that's got some that's got sound of the police on it's got some i can't wake up on the actual tune return of the boom bap is, is a good tune as well so yeah just a extremely important and influential figure in hip-hop did, did he produce some of his own stuff as well? So looking at the old um, Return of the Boom Bap, and he's a credited producer. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. So as I said, he's um, he was an occasional producer. So he was um, like a lot of the the styles and the samples that like I said he brought from from rock and like reggae and stuff, and um, that that was all that was on him as well. So that's what when I say he's important, it's not just because he was a good rapper, but as an overall figure and, and head and. You know, he was he was just he's just an extremely respectable character in hip hop, and he's all about the culture and putting the putting the culture first. And he's he's done a lot of his own movements, you know, similar to Zulu Nation. He's had like stop the violence movements. So after Scott LaRock was gunned down, and it was all about battle rapping in the streets, and a lot of gun violence was going down. Well, he started up like his own sort of um, charity, you know, like stop the violence. So it was about like um combining the, the hip-hop communities together and and stopping people uh, getting gunned down. And actually, Jive Records was um, was part of that movement. Hmm. Mm. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I've got a little uh, a little feature here. Is say, say hi, Maggie Moo. Nah, she's gone. I'll probably have to let her out in a sec, but I think she must be a fan of Karis. Yeah, she wants to have, have a say on the old, uh, on the old podcast. Hmm. That's true. She raises some good points. She raises some good points. Mm. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't. I think some of some of her racial language there in those meows was a bit distasteful. <laughs> but, uh, I'm going after, going after, let her out before she unleashes some fury. <laughs> <laughs> there she is. 
What more xenophobic language again? Jesus, what are you going to do? Hmm. So what I'll do is I'll give you my number twenty six, and then I'll uh, you can you can lay down your thoughts to the people when I let this this uh, this this uh, this member out the room here before cool. she goes on a rampage. So at number twenty six, I've got a mortal technique. Immortal technique. Uh, again, quality rapper, I suppose, very similar to like KRS One in his uh, incredible lyrical flow and and just yeah, he's one of them where I won't lie and say I'm the greatest. Like you know, I don't know much about him, but from what I have heard, he's quality. And he's another Latin American rapper as well. So there we yeah, go. So with uh, a few of them out there. There we go. So with. With 30 to 21, I mean, we're paying a lot of homage and respect to the Latin culture here. I mean, I know we mentioned before, if you're American and want to sponsor the podcast, if you're Latin, then, then you know, by all means. Definitely. Or, or if you're Latin girls and you don't have any standards, I, I'm, I'm single. I'm still very much single. You are, as discussed in the 40-year-old virgin rant that we just, uh, I'm sure everyone knows this by now. Yep, and, and, and it is not by choice. I'm not single by choice um but yeah th- this geezer i'd say definitely probably which is, like the most political rapper like ever yeah. like, it's crazy isn't it the fact that um i just remember listening I, so i don't know listening back if he's quite as intelligent like as i once thought in, in a way like i know he's political and that but i only say it because when i first got on him like 10 years ago or whatever when it uh, coming up on on YouTube when we're going down the YouTube rabbit holes and you you come across him, mm. I my mind was so blown because it's like I'd never I'd never listened to rap of that underground before in my life because I think he might have been the first underground rapper I'd ever listened to. I'd never heard lyrical content like that in my life. Yeah. Um, you know, just talking about if you've never listened to Mortal Technique, then go and listen to him because he talks a lot about presidents and kill and uh, what's going on in the in the world about poverty uh, exploiting exploiting governments and crises essentially and how like he's a very conspiracy theory rapper and and it comes across but it's it's not just about that though he's also got amazing storytelling i think as is heard with the song dance of the devil i mean who can listen to that song and not just be emotionally invested and feel something you know what i mean definitely yeah and that's that's got a bit of incest in it, hasn't it, that song? Does he end up... Apparently, uh, that was a hidden... So, on his first album, Revolutionary Volume 1, mm. what we're going... That was his biggest tune, like, still is, in it, Dance of the Devil. That was a hidden track on that album, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, that was weird. I don't know what that means, though. What does hidden track mean? Like, how is it hidden? I've always wondered that. What what <laughs> does that mean? I, 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 what, do you have to, like... I don't know, on the album cover, is there a secret compartment on the CD <laughs> page or something? You have to do a puzzle. Yeah. yeah. That is, that's, a very, that's a good point. I've never understood what a hidden track is. Maybe you can only get it in certain countries, I guess. I don't know. You have to, you have to ask the guy selling it. Right. It's just, like, you have to give him a code. Yeah, but yeah I think he just... Um... I don't know. He's just—it's—it's it's extremely as pressing. Like, is—is his intellect and his knowledge on such subjects that you'd never heard in hip hop before? Like, you'd never hear a rapper talking about. And 
and I've watched quite a lot of interviews with him. He, he's been on a lot of Joe Rogan in the early days, actually. So if you've never never checked him out, have a look. But he's not just it's not bullshit that he's coming up with just for the sake of selling records. It's he's he knows his shit because he reads so much. Like he reads a lot, and he um he just he talks about how many books he reads in that, and uh, you know comes across in his in his songs. But it's also like his uh you know is matching matching all that content content up into good lyrics, and also having such a mean flow and like mean demeanor as, as what he has, um makes it work. He's just um you know he's he can be incredible at, at times and like a his timing, like, you know, his breath control as well. Like, apparently he's an amazing live performer. I always base rap acts at live live performances on the way they control the breath. Never seen him all technique, but apparently his breath control is incredible. Definitely. I like the way, I think it was in that documentary, um, is it The Art of Rap, I think it was, where he talks about his, like, writing process, like, where, where before he writes, he'll, like, he'll not eat. Or sometimes he does it tired, so like he's like, so like he's angry when he like sits down to write, and I think that definitely comes out in his music. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like he's, uh, yeah, it comes across. That's how, he, that's how he gets, how he gets motivated in a way. I mean, we get motivated in different ways, Lou. I mean, how how would you say you get motivated? Um, how do I get motivated? Uh, stick on a bit of Pornhub. Realize that I've not got the looks or the or the charm to to get any females like that so i'm probably gonna have to become successful at something mm. to get my way into having a girlfriend one day so that's mm. that's the way i get myself motivated it's a pretty deep way to do i'm sure a mortal technique would respect though oh yeah he'd probably he'd probably write a song about it <laughs> i think he's too busy talking about you know killing presidents and bin laden to talk about your sex life yeah, but he, he's he's a good-looking bloke. I bet he's never had a dry spill. <laughs> you think so? Does he yeah. fall into the if I would category? Let me let me let me just put this to VAR. Let me just see what he looks like. <laughs> oh, I've seen a picture of his face. No, I take that back. Take that back. Oh, I mean, he's got the golden brown complexion. He's got you know, he's got this. He's got your similar. He's from Peru, for God's sake. You you, you should respect that. No, he's too scary looking. He's uh, <laughs> every picture. He, I can't find a picture of him smiling at all. He just looks angry all the time. Mm. <laughs> it's because he's he's worried about his you know his, his controversial topics, his global politics. His, you know, his left. He's very left wing man. You know, left wings. You know, they, they can never be happy, can they? Oh, let's not get into politics. Ain't a political podcast. Never will be. Nah. I mean, maybe if you if right left wing, you just happen to play on the left wing, mm. then be happy. If he's the next Ryan Giggs, then he then should he, be happy. He could be happy. To be fair, I've seen a picture of him here with like holding holding like, a baby of some kind. Don't know if it's his, hopefully, or a family <laughs> member. And why hopefully? But well, uh, well, I hope I hope oh, it's just not just a random kid. But um. But even, <laughs> <laughs> you say. No, no, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that uh, hopefully he's not anything dodgy going on there. Anyway, and he's going to write this song about us now, isn't he? Um, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't put it past him. Um, no, but yeah, and, and and he's smiling in that picture. So, um, oh, that's that's nice. Mm. 
Yeah. yeah, when it comes to him, he was also the I don't know maybe the first. He was one of the first to be completely independent and be successful from it. So like he was completely against mass production and you know like them making a profit and the, the whole marketing of, of music and you know had the just labels in general. Like he was completely against how they how they did their business. So he was like, I'm never signing my soul away to a to a label to an organ. And he talks a lot about that in his. In his in his songs, it's not just about you know global issues. He talks a lot about uh, the music industry as a whole as well. And it and it's and back then it was looked at. It was looked at about like oh I can't believe he can say this shit and I can't believe he can do it and I can't believe he's making a career um, by himself, independent, doing it all on his own. Like how is that even possible? And then you look at it now and like so many artists are doing that now because it it can be done. And especially in rap, and he was one of the first in rap to do that and do it all on his own his own accord. So what you're saying is Immortal Technique is responsible for AEW. Basically, he started yeah. it. Well, CM Punk is a big Immortal Technique fan. I don't know if you know. Yeah. He, he's been to see him live. I know that. Oh, shit. That's I interesting. I think they might even be boys, actually. I think they're mates. I'm sure Punk was like backstage Ooh. at one of his gigs. That is a combination. It makes all the sense in the world now you say it, but it's one of them. I'd, I'd never even think he'd be a hip hop fan like CM Punk, but it would make sense. I know he loves Run the Jewels. Does he really? Yeah. Oh, what a geezer! Mm. I don't know if CM Punk is a geezer or not because, like, he seems very cool and he, he's. I don't know. You hear stuff about him, and you're like, oh, that's, he seems like a bit of a cunt. Then he'll tell <laughs> the side of the story, and he'll be like, you know what? I get where he's coming from. It's like. It's, it's it's difficult, isn't it? It is difficult, and he, you know, he got me back into wrestling more than anyone probably could have at the time. But I don't know, he still does give give cunty vibes off, and he's a bit mm. of a, a bit a bit miserable. But we we'll we'll let him off. We'll let him off. I mean, to to get AJ Lee, he must be doing something right. He must he can't be a cunt all of the time. Not just all the, the have you seen the, who he's been with? Oh yeah, CM Punk's dating his list. Oh my goodness! They put your list to shame. I don't have a list, mate. That's my problem. I, I, my, my list is shame. It is, uh... <laughs> it's shame. It's deceit. If 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 you if you put the initials, if you put the first letter of every person on my list, then it probably would spell out shame. Actually. Mm. Whereas CM Punk is ridiculous. Obviously, like AJ Lee, Lita, uh, Maria. Impressive. Beth Phoenix. Beth really. Phoenix, too, yeah. Kelly Kelly. Fuck. <laughs> You've Googled this. You need to know. I had rumour with Mickey James. Hmm. Beth Phoenix. You'll be there all day, lad. I did see. I only I only knew about a few of these. I didn't know there was quite. I didn't know about all the other ones. Alison Danger. Oh yeah, she looks pretty fit. <laughs> anyway, let's not turn this into a you uh, gargling over uh, over women wrestlers. Maria as well. We'll be there all, we'll be there all night. Tracy Brooks. Yeah, so so with the Mortal Technique, I think as a kid as well, like it's he, he expanded my horizons with rap. He opened my 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 musical knowledge, my rap knowledge to the underground, and you know the fact there's more out there. It was just thinking, man. It got me thinking about the world, and it got me thinking about issues I never really thought about, and like 
just to read more and to dive into subjects and all, not not take stuff at face value. That's it's you know he's he's very educational. He teaches you a lot. Some people might think he's a bit too much in that in that regard and thinks he might waffle a bit. I guess <laughs> he might waffle on. Uh, so you'd probably be after being in the mood, I think, to listen to him all technique. Do you agree with that? What do you think is? Do you think it's the tattoos that everyone finds attractive about CM Punk? I mean, what's he? What is he got? Like, what is going on here? I just, I think it's. Uh, he must have a big schlong. That that's all it is. Yeah, but no, no, on Immortal Technique though, he, um, yeah, he he is, uh, yeah, he's he's one of them where there's no one can replicate like his his style. It's just, yeah, just madness. I remember when YouTube videos, like the lyrics of songs first came about. I just mm-hmm. have a memory of listening to Immortal Technique, and he was one of the first rappers I got on, and I listened, and I, I could see, like, I'd, I'd watch the video, the lyric videos of him, and, like, rap away with him t- to the lyrics of his songs, and I'm talking about Bin Laden, and, and like, you know, 9-11 and shit as, like, a, as, like, a nine-year-old kid or whatever, but, you know, I loved it, you know, ne- never trade that in. I don't want. I don't want to bomb anyone or anything. Like I'm, 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 I'm against that. I, I'm not left wing. I'm not right wing. I might have been left wing in that moment, but I can promise you, I'm, I'm a centrist. Exactly. I'm, I'm centre mid, mate. I'm not. I'm cent- CDM or CAM. I think I'm CDM. I'm quite defensive. It's been four years. <laughs> That's you are. Uh, yeah. Have you got any favourite Immortal Technique songs or any recommendations or? Uh, Bin Laden's pretty decent. That, that's probably one of my favourite. Um, it's one of them. Well, I've not listened to this geezer for years, actually. Probably since around the start of uni, actually. Because I think you guys um, like would have wanted to get me into him. But that's I listened to him after that. I think that's um, the issue with him. He hasn't released music in over ten years now, and it's so he's had a, an album in the works called The Third Passage, The Third World. I think it's called. Mm-hmm. For a while, and he just hasn't released music in so long. I don't know what. Don't know why, but uh, but I, f- I feel like with them as well. A lot of a lot of people that don't necessarily listen to hip hop have listened or do listen to Mortal Technique. So I know like a mate of ours, he's a big fan of Mortal Technique, even though he he wasn't necessarily a hip hop fan growing up. But he must just um, he must just have like a sort of punk rock, you know, aesthetic to him, I guess, in a way that um, people who not are necessarily hip hop fans can can um, can respect and and listen to and, and enjoy it because it's teaching them a lot it's educational in a way definitely definitely educational just just like uh just like you're uh you in the bedroom though i need cm punk to educate me i need him to <laughs> yeah i think it's ridiculous we're on to 25 and at 25 i've got big boy from outcast oh good good old shout geezer yeah I mean, it's like it's you've got to include Outcast on a top fifty list, and like at first I was like, I obviously had Andre in, but I was just like, you know what, Big Boy's not that far behind, and like I know a lot of people they put Andre up there, and you know one of the greatest ever and all that, but don't sleep on Big Boy. I, I mean, you you agree with me there? Big Boy is he's he's just a hair underneath Andre, if anything. Big Boy's great, and he's um yeah great rapper. Um, great live as well. Yeah. And yeah, I, I never, when I'm listening to like Outcast, do I think one's better than the other. They're just different. That's it. No, I agree. And they, they, the sim, the difference. They bring their own, um, 
their own style in a way, but they're also similar in the fact that they have a flow that is unmatched. Both of them are just in un- that. That's it. When it comes to Outcast, isn't it? It's just uh, they probably have two of them have the greatest flows of all time, and Big Boy is definitely one of them. Definitely, yeah. And he just makes the uh, he just makes the music. It's just enjoy. It's just um. It's just enjoyable when you when you listen to Big Boy. He just uh, it's just he just makes rap fun and and it's in his. It's not just in his rhyming. It's also in his personality. I think he's got one of the 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 best personalities in rap. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, the more we've been doing this list, we sort of noticed there's a certain dynamic mm. with with groups and duos. Um, that where like with, with like Tribe, you had like your more serious one was Kid Tip, your comical one was was Fife. Same yeah. with um, Run the Jewels, your serious ones Killer Mike. Your, your yeah. more comical ones LP. Uh, I think every group needs that. You need like a serious one and then a more comical one to like balance it out. Not even comical, but just light hearted. You know, like, not as serious. Hmm. Do you, and who do you think is the because with Outcast, what's different about them is they could they both fit that category. So Big Boy yeah, can yeah, do yeah. His, his playful rhyme, and but he's also you know he is is, is serious as well at the same time. So um, I mean, I'd like to do one on rap groups. So I'm not gonna dive too much into Outcast because I could go on all day as Outcast as a whole. But I mean, it's just a lot to say about Outcast as a whole. But but with Big Boy, um, yeah, he, he brought a lot to the stage and. I think it's actually it's pre- prevalent in when they did the whole speaker box love below album. So it was like I don't know, did you ever listen to it? Half of the album was Big Boy and he did the speaker box half and then the other half was Andre and the Love Below. It was more the he did an R and B sort of funk aspect of it. Yeah, so they were about to break up at the time and then that was a way to like keep them together or something. Yeah. Uh. Exactly. And and it's it's it, it's hard. So, like, this is when people say, you know, Andre is he's the best of the two, I guess, in, in Outcast. But I point them in the direction of this album and say, honestly, Speaker Box, it might be a better, it, it could be it's potentially a better al- album of, of the two, I think. Just the whole P Funk vibe of that album was, uh, was unreal. Um, you know, you had Ghetto Music on there, that's a tune. The Way You Move was on there. Great show. And a lot of people don't realise that that's a big boy track. That that's one of Outkast's funkiest, catchy songs of all time. That 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 was big boy. Yeah, it's, it's one of them where um, they've got like two different eras, don't they? The old the old Outkast. They've got your early early era, and then your like commercially like successful mm. uh, era. It's mad to think they're the same group. In a way, yeah, agreed. But I don't. I think they 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 became so creative and expanded so much but with without the without selling out in a way they didn't they became commercial but they did in such a creative way that is i think is commendable like they they deserved the spotlight they got they didn't they didn't sell out necessarily they just found a way to be more creative and, and engage a lot more listeners than your standard southern you know gangster rap hip-hop vibe yeah, they didn't do songs that were eight minutes anymore. Like some of the ones <laughs> on the early albums. Like, what was that song I'm thinking of specifically? There's a song on here that's yeah. Some of these looking at these like seven, eight minutes long, which I don't have a, a problem with length. But I like things good and long. Hey, hey, 
Yeah, you've had a few. Well, if I was, if I was, I would have. <laughs> but yeah, w- yeah. I mean, you know, you're right, Defo. I think with uh, he was quite cool as well, big boy. Like, like you say, we when we seen him on stage, he had a lot of uh, a lot of sh- he had a showmanship up there. And his stage presence was was great. And he used to wear like the like he was. He's, I know Andre was fashionable as well. Obviously, everyone knows that. But big boy, he was dead fashionable. He was he was charismatic and. He just had a he had like an aura to him as well. I just don't think Outcast would have worked without either of the two, and that's a lot of that that's the thing that gets lost in it is um is it, without Big Boy Outcast wouldn't have worked, and without Andre it wouldn't have worked. And arguably, Big Boy's went on to have a solo career more than than Andre's. I know Andre hasn't probably done that purposefully, or so he said he's had writer's block and, and that and creative issues, but. Big Boy's been more more successful successful out of the two when it comes to solo career. Definitely, yeah. He's got some tunes, the old Big Boy. Um, yeah, I remember I just one of the songs that we know from seeing him live. That chocolate that just mm. got stuck in that one. <laughs> one of them songs that just gets stuck in your head. Just... Of course, I can never forget that because I think we got split up. It was at the Love Box, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. I seen... thought sort of will actually. I saw Big Boy. Yeah, we seen you seen Big Boy, and we we, we were split up at that point. Yeah. And he did a lot of the Outcast classics, and he was great. He was actually amazing, like, weren't he? Like, just uh, all around, really good. And we got to was... give a shout out to Sleepy Brown as well. He was mm. on stage with him. He was he was so sick. Though. Sleepy Brown is hype man and also producer. Done a lot of mm-hmm. Outcast production. People sleep on on Sleepy Brown. People people need to stop sleeping on on sleep. People need to stop being sleepy. It's stop being sleepy, and, Sleepy Brown, and and just be brown. Exactly. I'd like to be brown new like what's that like? Um I mean at the moment I'm quite mal- malnourished, so I'm a bit pale at this moment. <laughs> so, yeah. You are the uh, the whitest brown man I've ever known. It's very true. I will always very say that about you. I am um, when I tan I do look like Craig Charles, which is good. <laughs> you look like a red dwarf. I, I, I did, Gage, I, I, I am that short as well. So, yeah. You need to get you on the sunbeds. Yeah, mm. definitely. But yeah, as I say, yeah, well, anyway, when we got back to seeing each other at Lovebox, the fit, I just remember you coming up to me in this memory of you going, Jacqueline, Jacqueline. Yeah, yeah. Was that the first time you'd heard that song as well? No, no, I'd heard it previously because, like, you know, like when you go see someone live, you do like, listen to some of their tunes. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and that that was the one that really like stuck in my mind like, before I went to see him. And um, and yeah, then when they did it live, it was just even better. Just I don't know the whole the whole song about the whole. I don't know. It's just it's a catchy tune. That... Yeah, definitely a very. I think because I hadn't heard it before, and um, yeah. I'd heard it then, and then I think you singing it so much as well as what and I just remember you doing this little dance when you were completely off your tits I, I think oh, it's just I, don't remember. <laughs> I think it's just it's made me enjoy the song that that much more oh fuck I don't remember that <laughs> <laughs> why would you you totally brown sleepy browned out oh goodness Christ. oh my goodness that was a mad one <laughs> <laughs> So, so I'm looking as well. He's a he's actually a pro- producer as well, big boy in his own right. What's oh, quite cool is on that album, the speaker box below, uh, Andre produced big boy a lot of big boy's first half, and then big boy produced some of Andre's half of the album as well. So it's quite interesting. 
Yeah, but I, I honestly think Big Boy's half, the speaker box, is the best is the best half of that album. Hmm. So, so it just goes to show. And um, yeah, I mean, arguably, uh, like Andre is the more raw of the two, like there's no doubt. And there's some of his lyrics are just, you know, they're, they're out of this world when you listen to some of the, it's just the, the, the execution of his lyrics. But I'd arguably put Big Boy's flow is better than Andre's. I think Big Boy's got an incredible voice, incredible flow. Mm, very, very different. Um, I mean, yeah, Andre 3000's flow is very unique from, from most rappers. Mm. Um, it's a difficult one, to be fair, but I think in their own right, they're both both great. Yeah, both got great voices. He's just got a good. He's got a. Um, he's got a quite an iconic voice in rap. That that's another thing that uh, that puts Big Boy up there. Like, it's it's no it's just no surprise as to why he gets a lot of he, he he's on a lot of features. If you've noticed as well, he does a lot uh, of features, and that's because he's got like a standout voice as well in hip hop. Yeah, definitely. Did you have any uh, any recommendations song wise? That's got to be chocolate, to be fair. I've got to, <laughs> I've got to recommend that. Yeah. What about yourself? I mean, it's hard. I could recommend so many Outkast songs, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, one that I think he stands out on would be... Hmm, it's hard. It's hard. Because I'd like to just... I'd like to say his, some of his solo stuff. Um, What was that one on speaker box below? There was one with Kill on my. Uh, Sorry, I want to be. I want to get it. So it was. Yeah. So there's a tune called Bust, and it's on the speaker oh, yeah. speaker box, and it's featuring Kill on Mike. Uh, but any that whole first half of, of speaker box, if you want to just, if you want to, if you want to learn more about what Big Boy is about on his own, then listen to the speaker box. But like I say. Outcast have got one of the most p- perfect discographies of all time. Not just in hip hop and music, so just listen to anything by them, and you'll probably be amazed. Definitely. Right. So moving on, at number twenty-four, I've got Big Daddy Kane. Oh, one of the pioneers. One of the pioneers. You're one of the pioneers of the the podcast game, and he's one of the pioneers of the rap game. Pioneers of the podcast game. I think we're we're the masters of it. We we have done it the best, but uh, <laughs> we we definitely weren't first. Who do you think? Are, who are the pioneers of the podcast game? Would you say like Opie and Anthony or Chaz and Dave must be? Or uh, actually, to be honest with you, pioneers of podcast game. That's very interesting. I, I don't even know to be honest with you. Like how far podcasts go back? Hmm. We well, obviously. I mean, we're not going to go through the history, but. Started off with radio shows, but it's interesting when the podcasts actually become a thing. Case study. I mean, the most I'd say like when they started to take off was like the Ricky Gervais and Cole Pilkin, at least in this country anyway. I suppose everyone probably point to Joe Rogan because he's, he's definitely the most successful at it. He's probably what made people mm. think that you could have a business by doing it on, on a little bit of a side tangent. True. And when Geese Nations takes off, we'll... Uh, We'll pay a little bit of thanks to him and, and the rest, but not all not of it. Not monetarily, not monetarily. <laughs> <but>, uh, <laughs> nice work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, so, yeah, with Big Daddy Kane, just um, extremely influential, late 80s rapper. Um, 
I mean, a lot of rappers took their style, flow delivery, uh, the just rhyme schemes in general. I think he was him and Rakim. I was get on to Rakim, but I feel like they are the two that um, that spawned a new era of the way you you connect the dots in a way in in rapping and the way the way rhyme schemes are an actual thing and how the amount of syllables in a bar is the same amount of syllables in the next bar and and so forth. And he was um, he was just amazing at connect, connecting lyrics together like that. And he's he's influenced uh, just so many so many rappers in rap. I mean, have you have you listened so much to Big Daddy Kane? Yeah, I mean, incredible, incredible gauge. Um, also, if I was, I would. Okay. And, um, attractive man. Um, yes. He, he's great. I, I watched him recently on NPR, and uh, yeah, when he's like, if anyone checked that out, if you like, want to get into Big Daddy Kane, because mm. he's playing like some of his hits with. Um, for like a keyboard player, the trumpet player, and I think I think it might be a bass player as well behind him. And um, yeah, it's incredible. That's sick to think that he's still going as well, and he's still got it. Oh, he's still good as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he and and yeah, in terms of him, he's just yeah, just rapid really. He's just yeah. Like, songs like "Burn Hollywood Burn" and stuff like that, the Public Enemy song. He's just mm. yeah, breathtaking. And that's the thing is, um, it's. Just, he was a pioneer in, in that sort of rhyming with multisyllables. And, but he, it's not just that, though. It's the fact that he's him. He doesn't sound outdated, you know, like he hasn't. Like if you still, if you listen to him now, which say, listen to Ain't No Half Step and cause it's just uh, a legendary song. It doesn't sound, he doesn't sound outdated as a rapper. He, he, you can tell he can still keep up to this day. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, yeah. Mm. Just high, highly influential, skilled. Um, he was a member of the Juice Crew as well, mm. so they're quite an influential uh, rap group from the Golden Age. So the Golden Age, he was you'd put him at the top, wouldn't you? Of like the the Golden Age of rappers, just just technique. I think that was another thing. Is he um, just the technique of a rapper? He's he's the reason. Um, he's the reason rappers started rapping the way that they did. It wasn't just sort of rapping like three words at a time together he he relayed like the style and the technique and he perfected it and um so, so like i'm also noticing about about them as well is about rappers from that kind of era is they all seem to have like a gimmick of some kind which i think is, is like missing today yeah which i think it could be useful to make yourself stand out like in a i mean you still get some ex- exceptions like you know you're action bronson yeah. Um, well, people have quite a clear, obvious gimmick, but um, mm. but Good I point. think yeah, yeah. What would you say his gimmick? His gimmick was just like he was just the, the smooth ladies man. Yeah, big daddy Kane. He was the smooth, the smooth geezer with like the smooth hair and the the the, um, the yeah, fashion yeah, as well. Yeah. He was, he was like a, he was like a gentleman in a way, like the way he dressed and his fashion sense. He was like a gentleman in a way. Oh yeah, and it, and it was consistent with like his music videos or his album covers. Like he definitely like had a consistent image that he was portraying. Yeah, it was like you think he was trying to be like the first sex symbol of rap. Isn't that accurate? I'd say he succeeded. I'm getting moist right now. If <laughs> I was, and he also backed it up with the amazing MC. So he wasn't just uh, he wasn't just on the surface. He wasn't just uh, a pretty face. No, on the inside, he was. He was he was the real uh, deal. 
Mm-hmm. And he would, you know, he's probably top five on your on the on another list for you, isn't he? Oof, oof, oh, he'd be, he'd be up there, Gazer. He'd be up there. I'm, I'm looking at his albums as well, and apparently he, he's got production credits as well. I didn't know he was a, also a producer. That's cool. Like a lot of these rappers as well, um, these golden age rappers. Because you gotta yeah. you gotta think back then it would it would have been like that like they weren't relying on obviously they were signed to labels but it was a more of a DIY thing hip hop back then when it was like you gotta you gotta come up yourself you gotta go out there and do it yourself so obviously a lot of the so they were songwriters weren't they but I'm sure they had a lot of a lot of contribution in how their music was gonna sound it wasn't just down to to a label yeah definitely. Mm. So do you have? A, I mean, what are some of your favourite songs by Kane? Not, 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 so, not Kane, not Kane as in there. Oh, God, that's gotta be Kane. Yeah, Slow Chemical. I mean, that's just a banger of a song. It's banger. Actually, genuinely, Slow Chemical went on a tangent. made a banger of a song. But, um, yeah, one of the best wrestling themes of all time. Oh, definitely, definitely. Mm. Um, but I would, I would say in terms of Big Daddy Kane for me, I've talked about Burn Hollywood Burn. Obviously, you like, know, Half Step in Sick. Um, I really like um, uh, oh, um, oh, what's uh, oh, do 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 do. Oh, how's, how's that song again? Oh, da, 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 da. Is it smooth operator. Smooth operator. That's the yeah. one. Yeah. All night long was a sample. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's you've. Yeah. That's it's the words out of my mouth. That's Defo Man as well. Yeah. That's I mean, that, Especially after seeing him do it on the NPR as well. Like just the way when they were going to all the solos as well. Mm. Um, but yeah. No. Yeah. He's, um, yeah, say it off as well. A great song. Um, yeah. What about yourself? Yeah, no, I agree definitely. I think that would be mine. That would uh, smooth operator. That's my recommendation. He just uh, he had like a weird sort of summer vibe. I don't know about you. Do you do you listen to music when it like when there's a certain when there's a certain type of weather? Like do you do you relate music to like seasons or like if you if it's really pouring down rain outside you'll put on something that's depressing or i don't know but like with big daddy king he just gives it to me he's like summer music like summer vibes off oh definitely no doubt i mean with this four year thing going on every day is raining but <laughs> but, but no actually no, i'd be like yeah like um, i want to so- know have you ever seen rain i i ain't seen nothing but rain games <laughs> no, he, no, he does. He, yeah, um, yeah, he does have definitely have those summer vibes. Tribe or another one, any, any native tongues really give you those summer vibes. Yeah, yeah. Immortal Technique is a rain song. That's, <laughs> that's, that's your fucking. That's <laughs> fuck. That's Storm Dennis vibes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's quite it's quite sad because it's lying away because like I don't know he doesn't. There's not a much not as much homage. Like I know, like Eminem's talked about him a lot, but Eminem pays tribute to bloody underground rappers from the early seventies, if that even exists. But like he's quite, yeah. Chaz and Dave. Eminem's probably gave tribute to Chaz and Dave somewhere. Well, he has. He's he's used one of the songs that they played on on uh, My Name Is. So he has, yeah. <laughs> oh God, why do you remind me? <laughs> Even if he didn't say it, that's what he was doing. Mm. Yeah, just the consistent uh, lyricist, one of the great best lyricists of all time, I'd say. But he's, he last released an album in like '98, and like I saw it, I feel sorry because he doesn't he doesn't get paid homage to near enough that I think that he should. 
but uh, I don't know. Hopefully, he's hopefully he's made his coin. Definitely. Apparently, also I'm here. I'm reading here that he's um, but the name Big Daddy Kane came from a variation of Kane. Um, so basically, it came from. Um, uh, yes, apparently it came from a character on this TV show called Kung Fu, which used to run back in the seventies. And um, apparently, Bruce Lee was originally he was the one who was originally going to be cast for that film Kung Fu, um, but they uh, they gave it to an American actor instead. Righteous. Yeah, I think they did try and make him look Chinese as well. Jesus. But when we get to the Bruce Lee series, I'll go yeah. through. I'll go through a lot more of that. But um, which is common. Caught, caught, caught my eye. That bit of information. Um, yeah, no, I definitely. Yeah, I think he, he should get more homage paid to him. Mm. And uh, hopefully, this podcast goes some way to uh, to doing it. This is the start. This is the start. Definitely. And he'll be paying his royalties soon. I'm. I, yeah. I want half. But yeah, yeah. I mean, if if he wants to to give us. Uh, any any uh any, any thanks monetary thanks that'll be appreciated so uh moving on by the way lou have you been checking any of the name generators on wu-tang i haven't but big daddy kane sounds like it could be could be a wu-tang name itself name generator let's have a look Tracker Golden. That is that is a strange. Thing. <laughs> yeah, could be better. Big big pun is designer galleon. Let's <laughs> have a look at immortal technique. Dragon Master, that's fucking sick. Yeah, that, that, that's that, as woo as it gets. <laughs> that, that is a good name. What is this? I don't even know. It's, you know when like a word, you, you see a word for the first time? KRS-One is Lance Quinette Dynamic. And the Lance Quinette Dynamic. I think that could work. Lance Quinette sounds like a, a Mexican name. Yeah. Lance Quinette. Yeah, that's what I thought. Sounds like a fucking Montreal professional wrestler. Yeah. yeah. Stampede wrestling. Mm. Uh, that's, that's what Lance Quinette wrestles with. <laughs> Sounds like he could be in one of the Godwins. Yeah. Right, so at number 23, I've got Pharaoh Munch. That, this is one where I'm, I'm going to be out of my element here because I uh, do not know much about Pharaoh Munch, to be honest. Oh, okay. Quite surprised. I think that he'd be up your, uh, be, be up your street, you know. Hmm. He's one of them where I only re- obviously everyone knows um, Simon Says. Yeah. And then um, I know that song he did with Mo's Death as well. Oh no! But apart from that, yeah, he's one of them. He's always been on my list, but I've never got around to him. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's unreal. I mean, even if you've heard Simon Says, you know what he's capable of when it comes to just delivery of a. Mm intricate flow like just multi like the thing with the you know some of these rappers on my list um they, they could be a bit too complex and a bit too um you know multi-syllable in a way but i'm only picking rappers like that who who make it work and i don't know listen to a fair or months verse or song it blows your head off and i don't know how you can listen to like rap and listen to the, listen to fair or months and not and not get that 
because that's what he that's what he does to me. He's just got the ability to, to listen to him. And I'm just like, how the fuck has he managed to get from there to there? Wrap that, make it make make sense to it, and also like tell you something inspirational in a way, and like tell a story that that's just like that makes sense. Um, but yeah, he started off in organized, confused. So um, he, that was in the late ni- early nineties. Sorry, so they actually garnered quite a big cult following. Uh, so that that's where he made. So the it was him and um, Prince Poe, um, and I think they released uh, they released a couple of albums together. So uh, yeah, give them give them a listen. Um, for back then though, like this is the early nineties, like the li- the sort of skilled lyrical ability and like you know intelligent vocabs and and metaphors that they were using. It was it was quite uh, it was quite forward thinking for back then, and it it was it hadn't really been heard of like you'd obviously heard the uh, you know the nasas and the storytelling aspect of rap was was then prevalent, but the the vocab aspect of it that didn't really come in until that didn't really hit big till the late nineties, and and I think Pharaoh Munch was one of those people that uh, he was one of the, the the pioneers of that the. the just expanding the vocab in rap, like you could tell with him, he's someone who reads a lot of as well, and um, he's just got a lot of a lot of knowledge and a lot of intellect, I think. And he, uh, yeah, um, so listen to Eternal Affairs first if you want to listen to him. So that's his album from '99. That's the one with Simon Says on, but there's also some amazing tunes on there. There's a song called The Light. Uh, you've got the next shit with Buster Rhymes. So if you if you're into your your, your lyrical multisyllables, want your head. If you want, if you feel like you want your head hitting by a frying pan when listening to bars, listen to that. And then there's a tune on there, "No Mercy" with MOP. So uh, apparently, there's a remix of Simon Says. I don't know if you've had a heard of it. It's like there's Method Man and Red Man on there, and Buster. Oh really? Yeah, I never listened to it, but uh, might that might have to get that a listen afterwards. But yeah. Um, yeah, apparently that um with the thing with Pharaoh Munch as well, do you know the reason you may have not have heard him as much as you like? He's one of those artists that is a case of his albums and his songs. They didn't reach they didn't come on streaming platforms till till last year. Oh really? Yeah. That might be that might be a reason I haven't really checked him out actually. Yeah, I think they had he had one of his albums, Desire, I think may have been on there, which is also a really good album. Mm. But the 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 one that he's main, mainly known for was his his debut solo album, Internal Affairs, and that didn't come on stream platforms till last year. So, uh, probably a good reason why you might not have heard them. He also very much played Preston. Um, I think back in like 2016, 2015. He played Preston. He played Preston. He played. I can't remember what the name of the venue was, but it was um it was in the um. Guild Hall, and um, they had this like sort of little bar upstairs, and they were actually getting some good like rappers on. Like they had KRS One was there, Ferry Munch was there. How do we and, not see these people? Yeah, I think it was after you. You, you I don't think you were at Ukraine at the time. No, he, no I dropped out. No, but he was. It, that was it live. That's what it was called. It was just famous okay. called live, and um, they actually had some good geezers on actually. Yeah, that didn't didn't last long though, did they? No, it didn't. Or the um, the venue. Yeah. I can't remember what happened actually to it. I'm, 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 I'm just have a look. Live pressing. 
What happened to yeah. Preston in general, bro? It's just uh, he just wants a thriving melting pot, and now. Well, I went back there recently. Um, Did you? And yeah, because I was doing um, obviously before this whole virus bollocks. Um, and like yeah, because I had the um, I was doing uh, some editing, some filming for these geezers, and uh, it's pretty much the same. I went, I was there on like a Sunday, so it was dead. There was nothing, no one about. But it's honestly like there's a few new buildings. There's a new like uni building, but it's pretty much the same to be honest. Damn, never forget the Lego building. The Lego building. That's where I was. That's where I was doing the editing again. The old Lego building. Your favourite? You you spend many a night in there in the library. Luis Sanchez, the first person to take a shower, dump, and sleep in the library that ever existed. Well, I don't know if I was the first person to do that, but probably the first person to do it all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've that, got a, you've got a talent. That's that's your one and only talent. That that was just because I had a few too many on the uh, uh, on that night. Yeah. Mm. Uh. Mm. But yeah, when it comes to. Um, Ferron Munch. So apparently he said that he, he, he looks at rap. So he um he'll go back and act like a screenwriter and he'll rewrite scenes and leave more to the imagination. So he rewrites his lyrics a lot and he does like retakes just like a film. Um so there's a there's a decent little book as well I've got actually it's called How to How to Rap. And he right. sa- he says he'll punch in vocals so he can retake some things just like a film. Um, even for example, with his his fam- most famous tune, Simon says, um, so apparently he comments he wrote the chorus before he wrote the verse, um, and then apparently he writes the single lines. He'll write single lines down and use them five years later. That's what he's got like a rhyme book. Yeah, so it's like a rhyme book that's that's like ever expanding. So, Canel, it's like he's got his own he's got his own living bible there, hasn't he? Yeah, is that so? Not a lot of rappers do then. Well, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Like, it's different. It depends on the rapper. So I know we discussed the uh, Little Wayne on um one of the parts, and we said like with him, a lot of his he'll just make up. A, he just has his rhymes in his head. He's never written a rhyme down in his life. But then you've got people like Ferro Munch and probably Eminem is similar, constantly writing, and it's like the old school way of like a pen and a pad. So like they must build. Imagine how much they must build up, and just that's just there. They got so much written down stuff that they've never used before. Actually, someone stole one of those rhyme books. That would be a good film. <laughs> that would be a good uh, listing on eBay. It would be. Mm. Yeah. How much would you sell it for? Oof. How much would you buy Q-tips wrap pa- pen and pad for? I mean, I think if I had Q-tips, pen and pad in my possession, I don't think it would be resellable. Oh, how much would I buy it for, did you say? Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, I don't think I have the money, to be fair. Just name, name, the, name the price. Name <laughs> the price. You'd say that too. And it's funny you mention that, because moving on to number 22, I've got yeah. Q-tip. Oof, oof. So the floor is yours, my son. Well, Q-tip. Of course, from a, from a little known group called uh, a tribe called Quest. Um, Who are they? Who the fuck are they? I, I, oh, mate, they are. Uh, There's this this group, you know. They were okay for a few years, had a few hits, and then then just disappeared. Really, uh, I think they might have been on X Factor. Uh, I feel they, like there's a podcast out there that might have like a lot of knowledge on on them, and 
that have done a lot of in-depth research. Um, yeah, um, I'm hearing that too. I'm hearing like one of the people on that podcast is, is single and it's been four years, but, but don't let that deter you. He's actually very nice and respect, respectable. Um, but, but, but yeah, yeah, I hear that too. You know what I like? The fact like starting our podcast, yeah, I thought on the surface, you know, the whole four years thing, we'll, we'll you know, we won't mention that, we'll keep that a secret, but now you're open about it, you're like, I don't care, I haven't been laid in four years, I'm not embarrassed, well, I am very embarrassed, but I'm not going to let it bother me on it. Well, I don't think it's embarrassment, I think it's more shame, really, but, uh, but yeah, no, you've got, got to make use of it, you know. If, I, if, if um, four years ain't going to end any time soon, so I might as well use it, make some uh, monetary gain off it, hopefully. But um, True yeah, I might as well monetize it. But, um, monetize yeah, your yeah. inability to get laid, I like it. Exactly, exactly. Um, I would make myself rich if it worked. A pharaoh um, munch on the Wu-Tang name generator. Genius hmm. humble. Oof. Uh, so he's humble and he's also a genius. I mean, that says it all right there. Go and check him out. Exactly. Uh, but Q-Chip, he's, he is... Um, Handsome yeah, geezer. What's that, sir? Handsome geezer. Handsome geezer. I mean, he he, he, he touches me in many ways, aesthetically, <laughs> lyrically, musically. He is a, he's a beautiful man. Um, hmm. Yeah, just, just an incredible, incredible rapper. I think he's a better producer than he is a rapper. Yeah. But to be honest, when I was doing research for the Tribe podcast, I did gain much more appreciation for him yeah. actually as a rapper. He is a, he is a good rapper, which might yeah. sound an obvious statement. Like, of, course, of course he is. But no, I, I didn't appreciate till recently mm. how skilled he is. I think that's what they did for me as well, putting him above Fife on this list. I mean, what are your thoughts on the fact I have put him above Fife? I think it's because... We're doing so much research, we are talking about him so much and I'm going back and listening to him so much that, you know what, I realise um, he's, he's got everything you to as a musician. But just as an MC as well, as, as a skilled MC, he's, um, he's got he's got a lot. Definitely. I mean, on songs like um, Suck, uh, N-Word, um, you, you, can, you can hear, like, obviously that's a song that he's on just by himself, and you can hear that he'll carry up a really complex topic mm-hmm. um, and, you know, he structures a song so well. Um, again, like, and yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's one of them where I do prefer Fife, but the thing that he has that maybe Fife doesn't, or maybe not that he doesn't have, but maybe Fife just chose not to do, was Q-Tip will take, like, complex topics and he'll... Yeah. He'll sum them up in, in yeah. a way like he'll, he'll try and tackle like quite a, yeah yeah complex topics really yeah um, yeah that's exactly why I end up in the end putting Q-Tip just a little bit further ahead is because he's got everything when it comes to the production just his whole overall influences he's got he's had more influence on hip hop than than Fife at the end of the day but um also as like as a lyricist like just his introspective themes. And you know, it's just this whole philosophy. I don't know if he was the first one to. I mean, well, he. I mean, he wasn't because obviously we talked about native tongues, but he was the first one to do that and to have a massive impact in and how rap was going forward with it. So, when it comes to impact, he's um, there's not many more rappers that have been as impactful as Q-Tip and just the way he shaped hip hop to come and the way that it, it could be done, the way it could be alternative and. Just the whole way it could be produced in the, in, in a way, and it's just um, 
Yeah, it's hard to come across a rapper that's as influential as Q-Tip. Yeah, definitely. And, and um, he was one of the first rappers, you could say. We talked about this from the Tribe episode, but one of the first rappers to really like talk about issues like um, like uh, like abuse towards women and, and stuff like that and um, Afrocentricity and all of that. Yeah. And again, he's uh, you know, after Tribe as well, he's he's got great solo work. Um, yeah, and yeah, he's he's also I'd say probably the best artist at featuring on other people's songs. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, I reckon he is. Yeah, some of them features like um, featuring on Black Eyed Peas songs, or um, he's got this great feature with Sergio Mendes. Um, <laughs> you would name but, drop the salsa. <laughs> well, that was, that was that was more more samba. Samba uh, and salsa, same thing. Well, not really same thing. <laughs> But you know, yeah. But um, yeah, and obviously, like his verse on a, on Kanye on that Kanye West song, "Make It Better." His yeah. verse on on "Cheers" by by Anderson Pack. That that would be my True. song yeah. of, uh, recommendation as well. By the way, that yes, his verse on that. Yeah. Uh, I, I I mean, it just I mean, you could just go on all day about like everything that's great mm. about Q-Tip, but. Uh, that's and that's why I put him up so highly. As I say, it's the it's what he's done for the production of hip hop. But yeah, like I say, it's also the uh, the features and you know his 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 first solo album Amplified was sick, and that's the thing that Fife Dog never had. I know we, we discussed it, it was the solo career, but just vibrant thing. What a, what an absolute bop is that is. I mean, he did his tune. Unfortunately, I love. I'm a, I'm a new metal fan. I'm not gonna lie. Is and I, I know that's that's might be bad to admit but that that song with corn that was that wasn't very good but apart from that i'm willing i'm willing to forgive him for that i can't remember that i can't remember that to be honest yeah it's on amplified because i've I've re-listened to that thing like last year and there's a song there with corn called end of time but just skip that song listen to breathe and stop and listen listen to let's ride and vibrant thing and yeah and then the renaissance also that, that that's a class album as well yeah, all great, great tunes, and also I really appreciate the fact he was um he was a big MJ fan, which which came across especially in um I remember what the song's called Move. That's what the song's called. It's got a song called Move where he basically so he's sampling um a dance dance um dance machine by Jackson Five, dancing machine sorry by Jackson Five, and the the whole video is basically in the style of Rock with You. And I think it's just that's yeah, sick. A great tribute. Yeah, it's so, my favorite so MJ video. Yeah, um, and yeah, you, you say the production. I mean, one of the first geezers like to really sample jazz and take these wide ranging samples from all different genres of music. <clears throat> I mean, he's got such an eclectic yeah. uh, taste in sampling. And what we talk about on the podcast, but the way he would like, there'd be songs that would be sampled by other artists, and he would sample them in a much more complex way than other producers yeah. would do. He'd chop up little bits, whereas other producers would just oh, like just take a section whole. Um, yeah, just he's someone who's constantly experimenting and constantly, uh, yeah, constantly evolving. You could say. Yeah, do you think he's got the best taste in music out of any rapper? Probably, to be honest with you, yeah, he's um, he's, yeah, probably. Um, be him or uh, I mean, Jay Diller seems quite a good yeah. taste taste in music, but. I'd, I'd say, I'd, yeah, definitely, yeah. He's, I mean, just just going through the podcast and like find out what the samples were. I've gotten so many artists I haven't, like, I wouldn't have listened to before. Mm. 
So what, as you noticing with the list, there's a lot of uh, interesting contrasts. So I've I've had a lot of your super lyrical uh, rappers, and then I've also had the smooth rappers. Now, whatever you prefer, you know, is, is entirely up to you. If, if you like either styles, like I do, but at least there's a lot of a lot of variation, and that's what I've, that's what I've gone for with this list. And when it comes to Cuter, he's just um, he's that that's what he's good at is is variation and and eclectic styles and he's just really good at um, bringing different as- aspects and different genres into rap i think he I think he's done that better than, than anyone really that there's ever been and um yeah he's just a bit he's just very versatile in the, the day so yeah he, the most recent tribe album we got from here thank you for your service i think really gave me a new appreciation as well for added to the appreciation of um of q-tips actual lyrics on like songs like um a space program, We the People, um, and then like the tribute you did to Five on like Black Spasmodic mm, and yeah. um, Lost Somebody. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think he was capable of doing that like emotional kind of rap that would really like really like touch you and like like resonate with you on an emotional level, which gave me a new appreciation for YouTube. Something that uh, that your boy MJ's done to it in the physical form. Allegedly, allegedly. Um, it's nothing's been proven. <laughs> no, I agree. Do you think he's gotten better? Like as he's as he's gotten older, he's got more. Emo- he's got better lyrically and more emotionally invested in lyrics as he's got older. Definitely, I definitely say he would because if I'm if I'm picking out like the quotables from like the peak era of tribe, um, I'm probably going to pick more Fife than, mm. than Q-Tip. Yeah, but that last album, I think Q-Tip really did stand out with some like you know I'd, I'd probably pick maybe more Q-Tip on that last album. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just the fact as well. I don't know if to put him over the edges with Fife dying and that he managed to perfect that album after he died, and he and honestly that that album is so near to perfection. The fact he did all that after you know Fife had died, and he and he made it work, and it was still Tribe. It was a different Tribe, but it was an amazing Tribe, and like. So no, that that yeah, it gave me an appreciation the fact that he managed he managed to just complete that album and make it sound as complete as as it could could have been. Yeah, best possible outcome is we yeah he did the best possible work in that situation. Um, yeah, I don't think there'll ever be a posthumous. Cause it was a posthumous album in in a way. Mm. Uh, so if you count it as a posthumous album, I don't think there'll ever be a better posthumous album than that. That's the thing, though. It doesn't sound like one. Like you know, most posthumous albums, you you know the posthumous, don't you? Like, is there any other good posthumous albums like that? Um, it's hard, isn't it? Because the Biggie and Tupac ones. Now, as a kid, yeah, I loved that shit. I had bought them both on CD. I think Eminem yeah. produced both of them. But it's just like looking back, it's it's not the same as it. You know, it's a posthumous album. Just the Even way the big posthumous albums, they are great. But yeah, yeah they, you definitely know they're posthumous mm. albums. So. Yeah. yeah, but the fact he pulled this off and it, it doesn't have that sort of sound to it, then yeah, it says a lot about him, really. And Absolutely. and he's a handsome geezer. Very handsome geezer. Very handsome geezer, and he seems very funny as well. Like when he ever he's given interviews. Um, he he does seem like he, he's um he's a very charismatic geezer as well. Are you saying Charming Man by the Smiths was written by Q-Tip? Could be geezer, it could be. Hmm. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right, so closing out part three. Ready, are you, Lou? Are you, are you ready, Lou? Are you going to give me a, a little drum roll or what? The old drum roll, let me uh, turn it on. Give me a second. Get your drum kit out. <laughs> no, it just sounds like you're, uh, you're smashing a, a beer can against the floor. Oh, let me do it again. Wow. Rhythm. R- rhythm, mate. V- varying up a little bit then. Rhythm and G's. Yeah, yeah. So I could just I could just bung in a sound effect of a drum roll. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe do that. Yeah. 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 Or I don't know. Maybe compare. Maybe this is your start of career as a drummer. Who knows? Could be. Maybe I just instead of inserting a drum roll, I I get myself a sausage roll. Hmm. And a, and a pork pie too. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that a euphemism? Q-tips listening, it's up to him to decide. <laughs> You'd suck on Q-tip sausage roll. If, if I was. <laughs> uh, and you most certainly are. I forget to put that in there sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's quite like, you know when Dennis, he's, he's in that episode and he's, he's trying to be, uh, pretend to be Brian Lefebvre. Yeah. And then he's like, oh shit, I just got carried away in the moment. Yeah. Just, just looking at a dude who totally got off. <laughs> mm. Someone at that, that, that geezer in the golf, in the, in the golf changing rooms there yeah. and he thinks he's... Oh yeah, and he zips on zips his pants. And he's like, fuck, I couldn't switch gears there. <laughs> Mm, why did you totally get off of me mm, I got off there I got off when he was thinking I was Brian, that Brian guy <laughs> yeah. uh, so oh Q-tip on the Wu-Tang name generator yeah he's <laughs> he must be related to fucking Crash Holly and Bob Holly because we've got Thug Holly <laughs> Thug Holly he's the uh, he's one of the Holly cousins he's the Thug version Oh, Thug Holly. That does sound like it could be a wrestler name, Thug yeah. Holly. I'd, I'd, t- I'd take Q-Tip for more like a submission-based technical workhorse than a than a hardcore wrestler, but there you go. I, I think he'd be more of a manager, to be fair. I think he'd go... Actually, he'd be a luchador, I reckon. I don't reckon he's got the, the power in the arms to... to uh, I reckon he'd have to be flying around the ring. Racist? No, no. no Racist? Not... Oh, oh, no. <laughs> What? Uh, wait, what? Why was that racist? <laughs> you racist. Get away. Get away. Get away. So closing out uh, part three, I've got at number 21, I've got Ghostface Killer. Oh, we're talking of, of racism. Did you know that Ghostface Killer, apparently that name comes from like a like white man killer. That's apparently what, what that's meant to me. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what somebody's told me on the Chris Jericho podcast. I think when he the episode with Method Man, um, he said it. I, I think yeah, I think it came up on there actually. Yeah. Well, I thought it was from um, it was from a character from the Kung Fu film Mystery of Chess Boxing. Let's let's, let's that's, um, that's that's where he got his name from. Really? Yeah. Maybe Chris Jericho's got it wrong then. He's a big. He's definitely a big Iron Man fan, isn't he? Because his first album was it was called Iron Man. And his own late his label was called his label's called Starks Enterprises, so he must he must see himself in Iron Man. He must see himself in the Tony Starks. I'm, I'm uh, I put bung it in here into your Google. Apparently, Ghostface 
is an English translation from a racist Cantonese term that translates as foreign man. So he's a foreign man killer, apparently. Mm. Bit racist. Fucking racist. Unless he's going to sue us, then 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 fair enough. You know, not 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 racist. He's not a racist. He's not a racist. Depends on how good his legal. Well, what he is though, he's a he's an avid film watcher because he did get that's where he got his name from was from uh, that film, the Mystery Chess Boxing, which obviously was a Wu Tang tune as well. It was the uh, yeah. the villain in that in that film was a uh, Ghostface Killer. That's a sick name as well. You got to say that's one of the best hip hop names there's ever been. Would you Would you agree? Oh, definitely, it's the best name in the group, like no mm. doubt. It um, just rolls off the tongue as well, doesn't it? That'd be a good wrestler name too. It would be. It'd be, yeah, definitely, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, quality name. So opinions on Ghostface then? Uh, where'd you rank him in your, your Wu-Tang hierarchy? Um, he's one of them. I've not actually listened to much of his solo stuff. But if I was uh, the name you have to. Um, that's the thing with Ghostface, yeah. In Wu-Tang, he, he doesn't necessarily stand out as the, the strongest, especially in the early days. He definitely doesn't in the right. early days. But then... When it comes to solo career, he's there's, there's no doubt about it. He's had the most successful solo career out of all of them. The 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 most longevity, yeah. The uh, the mo- the most critically acclaimed albums, just um, a, just a back catalogue. He's, he's had the the strongest and most efficient and longest back catalogue as well. Yeah, just uh, incredible. The He's done a lot of interesting stuff when it comes to production. Like I said, he's had a Bad, bad, not good. Done an album collab album with them called Dead Six Seasons. He's had an album with a composer called Adrian Young. Um, so just when it comes to solo career, there's just there's, there's no there's no comparison compared to the other members of Wu Tang. So, and when it comes to a unique flow, a cadence, and a voice, uh, he sticks out out of um, out of most rappers. Really, he's one of the most uh, he's one of the most popular rappers when it comes to to a voice as well. So. Yeah, Ghostface, 21, I'd say, deservedly so. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. And, and just uh, wait to add, um, Adrian Young. Did you know he's in a group with um, Ali Shaheed Mohammed called The Midnight Owl? Ah, yeah, I think that's me, potentially, where I've uh, heard them before, actually. Yeah, they're proper sick. I think they did the Luke Cage soundtrack as well. They, they are, like, I've, I've heard a few tunes by them. They're fucking sick. One of their songs is actually sampled um, by Kendrick. Belter? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, I definitely see, yeah, Ghostface, um, yeah, I see why you put him up there. Um, I've, I've been quite silent on this entry just because of my lack of knowledge on it, to be fair. Um, so I don't really have much to add in that regard. But uh, from what I have heard, yeah, he's, he's quality. Yeah. So just, I would listen to Supreme Clientele because, like I mentioned before, um, it got away from, so his first album was Iron Man, obviously, because he's a big, clearly a big Marvel fan. But uh, he got away from the mafioso gangster rap style a little bit. He took a year out in, in Africa with RZA in '97. Learned a bit about the African culture. Came back, came a bit more introspective. Then just evolved than evolved as an artist. Really, he had the, the best evolution out of anyone in Wu Tang. So, just for that alone, I'd put him on there. And, and I think that's just a, a good way to to sort of bow and on part three. So, uh, yeah, what, what do you think of the, the list this time around, Lou? Definitely, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. We had a bit of the old Q-tip in there. Mm. You know, it's always, always good. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. You're going to be up all night now. 
I am. I'm not going to sleep. Q-tip and Big Daddy Kane. I mean, that is well, mm. too much to handle. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, you say good variation. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got your your lyrical like geezers like your Pharaoh Munch and your old um, Mortal Technique. Your, your more smooth. Ge- I mean, they're all lyric. You've got on this list. You've got to be a lyrical geezer to yeah. make it onto the list by definition. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you've got all different styles. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And that's what I was looking for, to be honest. I was looking for a because I, I mean you're the same with me. You gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta vary it up. You can't. I couldn't just listen to the one style because I'd just be boring, wouldn't it? So what I, I've just, I've just went for the variation of, of the styles, really. But so yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you like it. And um, yeah, that's why they were quality part three top fifty rappers. And uh, yeah, watch out for the the next part. So there should be another two parts coming at you. So we'll be. Uh, from twenty to uh, to eleven, and then from from ten to, to one. Definitely, geezers. Find out where Chaz and Dave come on that. <laughs> I find out where you can. I'll come. I'll come there as soon as I hear their names. I know what your tabs are looking like right now on your laptop. Google Images, oh. Big Daddy Kane, another tab open, Q-tip. Oh, oh! Just getting the Kleenex supplies. Stopped yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, and join us next time. And that's why they were quality podcast. Of course, check out our other podcast. Was it quality? Or that's why it was bollocks. Um, we're dropping quite a lot of episodes. Uh, so in your yeah, isolation just, time of need, we got all your backs. We've got your backs. We, we there is um there's plenty of content in the chamber ready to go. But also, please check out the content that's there as well. It is, needless to say, it is quality. Uh, thank, thank you for listening. Yeah, peace out.